in China podcast, where a British and an American girl satisfy all your curiosity and questions about what it's like to live in China today. And now your hosts, Holly and Nora. Hello, everyone. Hello. No tricks this time. Just what, a what greeting. Mean, a <laughs> oh, because of last time. Oh yes. Yes. Uh, this is episode uh, eighty-two of the Two Egg Chicks in China. Yes. Good to be back. Indeed, as always. It's and good to be I... back in that flow. Yes. Yeah, we went for a long, long time where we didn't, we didn't record. So it's nice mm-hmm. to be back. It is. Uh, Let's cut to the chase. <laughs> Let's just. <laughs> Uh, so I have a, 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 a short little, um, an amusing news article, um, which will quite lead quite nicely into our question, I think. Um, so this is, I'll just read you the headline. Uh, driver blindly follows car's navigation system ends up trapped in the middle of a river. Oh no. Uh, so this happened at the beginning. I mean, you, this happened on April 1st, so you would probably think this was an April Fool. Um, it also happened in The Office, the TV show The Office. Did it? Yeah, Michael Scott's following the navigation system and he drives right into the lake. <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't remember that. I'll have to rewatch it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so, a police station in Anhui received a call about a driver that had become stuck in the middle of a river. They arrived to uh, the scene to find precisely that. Police then mo- uh, mobilized rescue vehicles to help drag the vehicle out of the water. In total, the rescue operation took half a day to complete. The driver wow. confessed. Yeah, uh, the driver confessed to police that he wasn't familiar with the local roads, <laughs> and he had blindly followed his car's navigation system, which led him straight into a river. Oh no. It's this is like one of those stories that's quite cringeworthy, but I'm sh- I'm sure this. I mean, as you just said, it's it happened on the office. Okay, it's a TV show, but I bet it's happened in other countries. Oh yeah, no, no, this is definitely not. not a Chinese this is not a thing. just China, yeah. But I will say uh-huh. that I feel that a lot of people in China are really, really dependent on their net GPS navigation system. Mm-hmm. Like, I have friends who drive all the time. Yeah. And you tell them where, like, meet me here. And if they can't find it on their GPS, they can't get there. Even though it's, like... Just around the the corner. Just around the corner, like, in the same city that they've lived longer. You know, like, for their whole life or for, like, over ten years, Mm -hmm. anyways. And they have a hard time with navigation in general. I'm wondering if it's just... Okay, like, historically, Chinese people didn't really have access to personal vehicles. Mm -hmm. Until very, very recently. And during that same time period, GPS was really developed and it's a, it was available cheaper and faster mm-hmm. in China than in the West. So I think like most drivers on the road today in China have never really actually driven their car without a navigation system. Right. <laughs> yeah. Whereas we, you know, like when I was taught driver's ed or whatever at 15, 16, I drove with paper maps, like I, that's how I learned to drive, was using, you know, you mm-hmm. need some kind of Good sense old of, fashioned map. yeah, a map and a bit of sense of direction right. and, you know, using a compass if you need to, to like orient yourself, mm-hmm. but um, in China they just haven't had that need, they haven't really developed that skill, yeah. and most people tend to take public transportation, so they don't think about Oh, am I heading north or south, east or west? Like, if I tell mm-hmm. someone, like, oh, it's just a block west of 
you know, this coffee shop that they know, they won't know which direction it mm-hmm. is. Yeah. So I think there's, and, and I think also because China's like, because I've thought about this quite a bit. Like, I've had this experience quite a bit where I like tell a Chinese person where I am and they can't find me unless yeah. I send them an address. I, I think some of it is also to do with just not really paying attention to this, to your surroundings. Yeah. You find them, and this is another dependency, like being so dependent on your mobile phone, for example. They spend so much time, obviously not everyone, but frequently you walk down the street and everyone has their noses in their phones, so they're not actually paying attention to the surroundings. Mm-hmm. So if you say, oh, the green building, or even something simple, or where the Starbucks is, like... Even if they walk past that Starbucks every day, day, if they've never had a reason to go there, they may not know where it is. I think it's also because there's just so much noise like i mean just information you know there's it's so crowded and so many people and so many businesses and blah 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 blah. so you can't really know where everything is like you can't it's different than if you live in a small town and it's like you've got three or four shops yeah on main street this is just like overabundance of stuff going on like everywhere you look and so I guess maybe one of it is like a, just a coping mechanism. Right. If you're ra- raised in that environment, you just kind of like you learn have to, to find put. A way to yeah, deal with you it. like put the blinders mm-hmm. on, right. and you just deal with what you need to deal with. Going from point A to point B, which is not fair enough. I mean, I understand. Yeah, and you just don't take in the rest of the surroundings. Yeah. I think yeah. that's probably part of it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's true. But I, I'm not. I mean, I'm. Ah, is it bad to say I'm not surprised that this happened here? <laughs> Well, no, it's not. Mm. It's, not bad. <laughs> it's just crazy that I mean, how you you come to a river and you think, oh yes, it, the GPS is telling me to drive into the river, so I must be right. I mu- I should do it. Isn't there a isn't there a point where you just think, wait a second? Yeah, this can't be right. <laughs> yeah, this is pretty extreme. I mean, this guy was obviously on autopilot, and like you said, it's yeah, probably happened to other yeah. people before. Yeah, but I'd imagine it happens more. I mean, because the other thing is here, they have really good map system, actually. Like, Baidu does a really good job with mapping. I mean, because there's always changes in the roads and stuff like that, and they do a really good job keeping everything current. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the West, it's like, I feel like it's... you. Ha- I have less trust, at least. I have less trust for the GPS in the U.S. than the Chinese people have trust in their GPSs mm. in China, I think. They just expect everything to be right, so they don't need to actually turn on their brains to like yeah, navigate. Right. Yeah, I think there's a there's a you have to you can use the GPS, but obviously use common sense as well. Yeah, but they don't need to do that. <laughs> oh mm. man! So wait, so how does that tie into what we're talking about today? Uh, okay. Uh, well, it, you'll find out in a minute. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I'm gonna. Um, I have something, some information about the question, just as a lead, as like as a my ah. introduction to the answer to the question. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. So I'm gonna read the question. So hi Holly and Nora, my name is Joanna, and I've been living in Ottawa, Canada, for about uh, for about 13 years. I was born in Harbin and was raised in Zhuhai, very close to Shenzhen. Yay! <laughs> Until the age of nine, when my family and I immigrated to Canada. I found your podcast at the beginning of uh, summer this year, as I was desperately searching for a podcast about my motherland, China. I guess not being able to go back and visit for several years has made me feel disconnected and homesick. 
Plus, I've always been curious to hear what foreigners or expats have to say about Chinese people uh, from every aspect of life. I've been binge listening to your episodes, <laughs> and they've made me cringe, laugh, embarrassed, and nod in agreement every single time. Uh, please keep up the good work and continue to produce good, great con content. Well, thank you very much. Oh, Joanna, that's so nice. I know that the rest of there's still there's still there more is, to come, but I just nice want to say like. To hear that. It's such a nice feeling to like mm -hmm. hear a Chinese person say like, yeah, "Oh yeah, it. I was nodding along with what you're saying." Because it makes uh, me feel like we're not completely off base. Right, right. <laughs> we must be. Yeah, we must have some idea of what's going on here, I guess. Yep. Um. So she continues and says, "A question popped into my head as I was listening to one of your most recent episodes. My family is, uh, are considered northerners." But I also grew up in the South amongst Southerners. Therefore, could you please share your views and experience uh, as to the differences between Northerners and Southerners in China? Thank you, Joanna. Hmm. Good question. Yeah, it's a very interesting question. Mm -hmm. uh, so the reason why I said about the river was because I wanted to find out what the North-South divide was. Well, like, where, that, where does that line... Where is that line? Mm -hmm. Because back home... There's often a lot of uh, disagreement about where the north-south divide is. So the north and south is divided by the Huai River, and um, that f flows through southern um, Hunan, northern Anhui, and northern Jiangsu, and it enters the Yangtze River at uh, Jiangdu in Yangzhou, which I believe I've been to. Hmm. Uh, so that's where. I mean, check, go, have a look on a map, because I had to. Because <laughs> I'm telling you these places, but yeah, I had to look at the map to suss out where that was. So that's the that's where they say that that divide is, on that river. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. Um. So to answer the question, <laughs> <laughs> I have a little bit of history. If you want to know a little bit of history about that of the North South Divide, <laughs> yes, let's start with the you history. Want, you want some history? Yeah. Okay. All right. Fine. So, um, historically, China in, in China, the North has always been more economically advanced, but um, where there was a, a Mongol invasion, and basically that created a mass uh, migration of people from the North to the South, and then the capital city was changed uh, from Kaifeng, which I've also visited, to Hangzhou, uh, which is south of the Yangtze. So that was in the Song Dynasty. Uh, so that basically created a shift in political and economic power, which basically, and it, like, it continued for a long time to be in the South. Oh. The political and economic power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's what I have. Cool. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of different, uh, you know, not just to, so Holly's explained the geography, so you know, have kind of an idea where the Northern and the Southern divide is. Um, but there's a lot of differences between the northern and southern Chinese uh, in appearance, in food, language, um, temperament. There's all these different things. Mm -hmm. um, of course, these are generalizations. Again, I always feel like I have to say, like, right. disclaimer, these are generalizations because you're going to get somebody who's like, well, I'm from southern China and yeah. I'm not like that. But this is what's commonly thought of as uh, the northern stereotypes versus sure. the southern stereotypes. Um, they so exist all over the world, really, don't they? Yeah, they do. They do. I'll start with the appearance just because I think it's the most obvious. Right. Um, you mentioned about how the Mongols or, like, the Turkic people came mm -hmm. and... Um, 
basically they uh, intermingled with right. the existing Chinese people. Mm-hmm. So this caused a really big shift in it, like the, in genetics, basically. Yeah. So when you look at a northern Chinese person versus a southern Chinese person, the northern Chinese person is generally quite a bit taller. Uh, their skin is usually fairer. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have more what I would call like Asian looking eyes, more like Korean or Japanese style look right. to them. Like they have this thing in China, like the double eyelid versus the <laughs> yeah, single right. eyelid, um, where like whether or not there's a crease above your eyelids to mm-hmm. separate. Um, and generally in like places like Korea, they only have one. So usually when you think of like typical Asian eyes, I feel like Koreans have the most like a uh, single single eyelid hmm. versus in the south they have a double they have a double eyelid generally um so that's those are some of the physical traits Di- yeah differences i i i i mean i'm also aware that northerners tend to be taller i actually found uh, like an average height of oh, uh, nice. chinese male like northerner and they say that um, the average height of a 20 to 24 year old is 173.4 centimeters. That's in Beijing. Okay. Um, whereas in the south, um, this this they said that the average, let's say in Fujian, is 171.9. It's not a massive difference. It's not as massive. But I I guess that's an average that okay. they they got. Huh. Well, like you said, I mean, well, China, you know, it's not like, oh, the people in the South have always lived in the South. There's been so many waves of migration from the North, especially from the North going Southern. Mm-hmm. Uh, so quite a few people in Southern China can trace their roots back to the North, actually. So you can see why there would be some some taller people in China, but quite a few can also trace their roots back to Vietnam or Thailand mm. or Taiwan. So, but you can just tell. You can usually tell just by looking at people yeah. who is a northern Chinese and who is a southern Chinese. Because also the shape of the the shape of the face is a little bit different. Rounder, the, right? Yeah. In the north they have like rounder faces, I think. I don't know. Is that what you say? Rounder. Bigger in general, I think that maybe features features wise. Yeah, yeah. Say yeah, bigger. The noses are a little bit different. Like I feel like Southern Chinese have a really typical nose structure. Little, you generally like a little bit wider Mm. and a bit maybe flatter. Whereas the North seem more a little more like daintier somehow. Um, And the lips too. I feel like in Southern China, lips tend to be fuller. Whereas in northern China, not so much. This is just like what I've what you observed. observed yeah, I think that not northerners tend to be bigger build as well. Mm-hmm. Um, not just tall, but also more just the structure. Structure, yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Uh-huh. But I mean, even though the I mean, I'm talking men just for this example, but even though the um, men might be smaller in the south. If you see them like work doing work here, they're really like, um, like st- not stocky but like brawny. Like they have yeah, a lot of muscle on them. Ripped, ripped. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's very interesting because they're very small, but yeah, yeah they they're small muscle. but muscly. Muscly. Yeah. <laughs> How about the food? Uh, in the north, 
they're usually noodles. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, actually, I read something. I didn't make a note of this. It, it's I guess it's because of the um, the um, the like the ground and everything isn't isn't uh, will not. <laughs> you can't grow rice basically mm-hmm. <laughs> or it's more difficult to grow rice so the ground refuses right exactly <laughs> thank you yes so noodles are more common yes yeah, so you have your southern rice eaters and then your northern noodle eaters mm. mm-hmm. and i think i mean of course each region has their own typical cuisine but i think there's a lot more spicy food in the south which seems to be a trend all over the world i guess because peppers prefer southern living southern living (laughs) (laughs) on food well it's not food but it's a it's a drink related thing from my experience of northerners they tend to a drink more and can drink a bit more i think Mm -hmm. they have the i don't know yeah whatever like their body can handle it more i guess yeah yeah there's a trait like a genetic trait in the south like some kind of um enzyme is missing to break down alcohol for right. some people in the south so you'll see some people who will literally have like one beer and their face will turn bright, bright red, red and yeah. they'll be wasted yeah <laughs> a lot of girls i know they just don't they just refuse to drink because they get as soon as the alcohol touches their lips they have like it's like a sometimes it looks like a rash almost like, yeah it's like not necessarily on their face but i've seen it on their body as well and yeah. they, it's obviously they feel really embarrassed about it so they just tend not to drink yeah i mean if you can't if you're not gonna enjoy it and because I, I had a friend who once asked me like what's the difference between getting drunk and being sick because she didn't know that that's like being um, drunk you know you have you know you generally feel right. generally you have like a nice feeling or you sure. feel free and you enjoy yourself but she like she doesn't have that stage. So yeah, what's the right. point of drinking if it's just gonna make you feel ill? Oh, so she has she has the missing enzyme. She yeah. just goes. She drinks from it and she just sober feels completely to just wasted. Sick. Yeah. Oh, that's yep. yep. Mm. Yes. Um, how about the like temperament? Did you have have you noticed a difference between northern personalities and southern personalities? Um, I'm I'm not I'm not sure about that honestly, but I did find. Um, like a stereotype uh, that that um, northerners feel or believe that because um, in the f- fire is associated with the south, so uh, southerners are like hot, hot tempered, so oh. quicker to anger, I suppose. But that huh. was back in the Qing dynasty, so that you know that those stereotypes sort of started. But that was a long time. Like that was like four hundred, three hundred, three or four hundred years. Huh. That's so. interesting. Because I would say it's almost the opposite. The opposite. Yeah, I, I think so too. I would say so too. Yeah, I find that Northerners tend to be more fiery and aggressive, right. whereas a and Southern, more honest too. Yeah, more honest and kind of in your face. Right. Yeah. And Southerners tend to be more shrewd and mm-hmm. um, soft and. Uh, less likely to to confront mm. somebody. Yeah. Um. Actually, I suppose sneakier. a good a good example. Do you think so? I don't <laughs> yeah, know. I think uh, they're sneakier. Yeah. I think a good an example of this is uh, like taxi drivers. Mm. I think they're a good measure, or uh, I don't know. Maybe you could say, you, it's quite stereotypical. But you do, if you experience a northern taxi driver, they like to talk a lot and joke. Right. A lot of jokes. Yeah. 
you know, which is not, I mean, yeah, it's nice. Yeah, kind of like laughing, nice. trying to pull your leg or yeah. like, you know, they're joking with you. Whereas a Southern person, sometimes when you say something to them, then they just show no response right, at all. Right, right, nothing and at all. And you're like, it's hello, weird. is anybody in there? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I also find that um, sometimes the Northern taxi drivers can be get can be quite angry as well, like grumpy, not mm-hmm. angry. They just don't really want to deal with you. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. Um, also uh, related to like personality and this kind of temperament, um, I've heard that um, in the north, the people tend to be more like open-minded and honest, as you said. Right. <clears throat> Whereas in the south, they tend to be more like uh, soft and refined, and also they tend to have more interest in like art. In the south, in the south, art and entrepreneurship. Hmm. This is historical too. Um, back in the day when there was the divide, and in the southern dynasty, there was a for a while a trend to try to like be as Chinese as possible. Right. So then, and during that era, and this is actually prior to the Song Dynasty, like more in the Tang Dynasty. Aren't I smart? I'm listening to a I know a history I know. of China. <laughs> Great course. With, uh, nice doing that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, during that era, the Southern Chinese, there was kind of like a revival where they were uh, paying more attention to cultivating this Chinese culture. Right, so it's right. like almost on steroids. They almost artificially made themselves more Chinese than Tao kind of thing. It's mm, intriguing. Yeah. So they pushed themselves in literature and art. To develop a very flowery style, hmm. and that's so cool. that's yeah, so that's part of it. And I think that's that's carried over into now too. I think you see a lot of art, like uh, traditional art, like uh, calligraphy here, and like Chinese paintings, and this kind of Chinese prose, this uh, this kind of um, art forms in southern China quite yeah. a bit. Hmm. Cool. I didn't yeah. know that. Um, I guess the one thing that northern you you would certainly say about northerners is they have thicker accents. Thicker. I think I would say from when uh, my friend's mom sometimes when she speaks to me, I I have to like st- like stop for a while and try and like work out what she just said to me because her accent hmm. is so like. And it's not just the speed she she talks in; it's just the way she pronounces words that it's it's, it's less standard. Mm. I think. Yeah, there's a wait. You say in the no- she's in northern Chinese, yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. less standard. Huh? It's interesting because mm-hmm. generally speaking, the standard dialect Mandarin comes from the north, right? But there are definitely. I mean, uh, northern Chinese can definitely understand a southern Chinese if they're speaking Mandarin, uh, but the pronunciation it, it does vary slightly. For example, if you want to say a little bit, mm-hmm. like a, just a little, in uh, the north you say like EDR. They have this like R. <laughs> so weird. EDR. I've never gotten my head around that, to be honest. R, yeah. I, I like it when I hear it, but I've. Yeah, they add R to a mm-hmm. lot of things, whereas like in pirates. the south, yeah, YAR. <laughs> they add like, uh, so it'd be EDN. So EDN, EDN. So EDR versus EDN. So usually words ending in I-A-N, a lot of words ending in I-A-N, if they finish a phrase, in the north they will also attach an additional R. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? 
<laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go yi huar. Like, wait. Go yi huar. Dang yi huar. They add this, like, R to the end, um, which is just kind of a linguistic pattern、mm-hmm. that distinguishes North and South. I find it easier to understand the Southern、yes. Chinese, but maybe that's because、so、we live、I. here.、Yeah. We live here. Yes. But the Beijing dialect is supposed to be more the standard of Mandarin.、Mm. But who knows? Well, it's Beijing, I suppose. They're allowed to say that, aren't they? Yeah, speaking of which, so one of the, like, politically, the differences between the North and the South is you have Beijing, the capital, so you have, like, the bureau- bureaucracy and the rules and regulations coming from the North. But then the South is, has been the economic powerhouse、mm-hmm. for quite a while. Quite a while now.、Yeah. I mean, yes, in like a long time ago,、mm-hmm. the more, more economic power was in the North. But because of the access to the sea and like it's easier to trade from the South, the South has had a lot of、uh, economic progress that the North hasn't had over the, over、mm. the centuries. So, so now I'd say, I think Guangdong has been one of the Uh, most the richest right, provinces for.、Right. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly the word I was looking for. <laughs> prosperous <laughs>、um, provinces in China for quite a while and still remains、mm-hmm. that way. And a lot of that has to do with its access to other countries in Southeast Asia, its access to.、Um, ro- yeah, it's just got. It's just in a better position geographically for trade and、um, industry.、Mm, I found a little,、um, I, I guess it's like a Chung Yu.、Um, and it's in the south, the boat, in the north, the horse. Oh. So, which is, makes sense exactly to what you just said.、Mm-hmm. And boat is、uh, it's a more effective means of transportation、oh, yes. for doing business than a horse. <laughs> Depends on how many horses you've got. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah. Do you have anything else? Oh. Do tell us.、Um, well, also, just going along what we had just mentioned about the, the Mandarin dialect is、uh, just dialect. Like, let's forget about Mandarin and talk about the local dialects. The southern and the northern dialects are so different. Like, if you talk about Cantonese. Right. Versus the northern, some of the northern dialects.、Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, they're not, in, they're not mutually intelligible.、Sure. I mean, linguists will argue whether it's a dialect or whether it's a separate language.、Mm-hmm. I would say separate language, right, personally.、Too. Yeah, because I think it's, you would have to study it in order to, like, of course, there are some patterns. I, I would guess the similarity is like between Italian and Spanish.、Mm-hmm. Like, you take a Spanish speaker, he will learn Italian rather quickly and vice versa. Yeah. But they're not, like, if you take somebody who, especially if somebody who's not highly educated and talks to somebody who is also not highly educated,、right. just a layman, they can't communicate、mm-hmm. with each other.、Yeah. So it's a similar, it's a similar thing. It's、mm. just as different, I would say. I wonder if it's easier, which way around it's easier to learn. Like, if you, if Cantonese is your native tongue and you learn Mandarin or the other way around. I would guess, and this is not because of the dialect, but because of just like politics, because most people in the South are forced to learn Mandarin. And I think the 
northern dialects are closer to Mandarin than mm-hmm. the southern dialects. So I would say if you're a Cantonese speaker, it'd be easier to learn dialects of the north just because mm-hmm. they'll be closer to Mandarin, which you've already been taught mm-hmm. in school. Yeah. But I don't know if you like put it in a vacuum and, and compare northern and southern. Although I would say, because Kent- like, southern Chinese, like Cantonese, has more tones. Right. So I don't know. So if you've already got that basis for the language, then I don't know. Going into another language, which a tonal language, would surely be easier. Yeah, easier. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I don't know of any other. I mean, I think Thai is also tonal in a sense, or is it? Yeah, I think so. But I think it's not to the same extent as as in China. It's just interesting, like very different style of communication not just with the tones but also with their written script it's really interesting like what happened there <laughs> compared yeah. to all the other languages in the world it's yeah. quite different that's what makes it really interesting um i like to say there's a great video so kind of to wrap things up there's mm-hmm. a really great video on youtube we'll put the link in the show notes it's a kind of a joking video about um, a Chinese girlfriend, like a northern oh, Chinese yeah. girlfriend versus a southern <laughs> right. Chinese girlfriend. So it shows them back to back, like, oh, they show them in a situation sure. like, if you're out drinking, this is what the northern Chinese girl is going to be like. This is what the southern <laughs> Chinese girl, and if, like, if she gets mugged, this is, so you can watch that and kind of get an idea for some of those stereotypes. Um, it's a pretty funny video. It's a short, it's a short video that'll show some of the differences between yeah. north and south. Is that a... It's TMD. TMD, yeah. yeah. I thought it was, um, there's another one, isn't there? Um, on the Great Wall, on the Great Wall or something oh, like that. Okay. They do the funny videos like that too. Yeah. Cool. Great. Pretty good. Yeah, I watched, I remember seeing that video a while back. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Great. Uh, Nari, do you have a Chinese word for us? I do, please? since a lot of what we talked about today is kind of based off of a temperament. Um, I thought I'd give you the word for um, your nature, like your kind of like personality mm. in Chinese, and that's xingge. Cool. Xingge. Not to be confused with ge, ge xing. <laughs> so these are two words which have a very similar meaning. Um, xingge means like your nature, your disposition. Right. Whereas ge xing is your personality. Oh. So it's quite different. So the cool. xing in both of the words is the same. Right. But the ge is not. It's different. Okay. So cool. xingge, let's X-I-N-G, fourth tone, and then G-E, second tone. And G-Xing, both are fourth tone, G-E, X-I-N-G. Cool, so we learned two words. Yeah, G-Xing and Xing. I'll (laughs) add both of those to our show notes. So if you want to check out the links to our dictionary for both of those words, they will be at writtenchinese.com slash episode 82 along with uh, the video and anything else that we've mentioned in today's episode. If you're listening and we missed something about Northern and Southern Chinese, it would be awesome if you could stick a comment on the show notes yes, page so please. that people who listen can also see that um, we are not experts. No. <laughs> we just live here. <laughs> uh, you could also leave us a comment on Facebook, too. Mm-hmm. We're on Facebook uh, as Two White Chicks. It's T-W-O, not the number. Mm-hmm. And don't forget, as always, to leave us a voicemail. Yes, please. Voicemail. (laughs) 
writtenchinese.com slash voicemail. Yes, we yes. are waiting and anxious to hear your questions. Very anxious. We're also <laughs> anxious for some more reviews. Yes, please. we are. <laughs> I'm not going to grovel, but please. We, uh, <laughs> if you leave us a review, it will help us, well, it'll help other people get, uh, find us uh, on iTunes. So mm-hmm. we'd appreciate just a few minutes of your time. Would love it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great week, everybody. Bye. Bye.